is the most important requisite to ensure success in this branch of work. You want to channel the Buddha. You want to be the tree. You want to be the shrub. You want to be the rock. While at work, the shadow must never for an instant allow his or her attention to be detracted from the person or place they are watching. Yes, this means no candy crush, no words with friends, no selfies. my own discredit, I once shattered a woman for five weeks, hoping to be on hand when she would meet a certain person. I did it for five weeks because I was getting paid by the hour, so I wasn't in a rush. I was purposely occupying at the time a room in a house across the street from where the woman lived. From there, I could watch her come and go. Later, I'll tell you why. That may not have been a good idea. And it's probably better to be in a car. And no, that is not called beeping when you are a detective. It is still shadowing. On the opportune night, when I should have been watchful and wide awake, I fell asleep for only 10 or 12 minutes. Maybe it was 30 minutes. Or maybe I went to the theater for a couple of hours. Regardless, I later small window and gave me the slip. This makes her slippery. A slippery suspect. You gotta stay alert for slippery suspects. In these days of fast trains and fast cars and slippery suspects, the detective should be keen of eye and fleet of feet at all times. Although, if they have a jetpack, you're screwed. Nothing you can do about that. A detective also needs a sharp memory. Strong, like a bear trap. You may be shadowing someone based on a photo shown to you. You must be able to memorize the face in the photo to perfection. You need to memorize the shape of their face, the shape of their eyes, the 
as the suspect moves about. Make sure to not lose them in a crowd. Stay close, but not too close. I call it one detective distance. I can't say what that exact distance is, but if they notice you, or they give you the slip, then you are not one detective distance away. Alright, continue to tell the suspect. Take note of anyone they talk to. Not because it may be helpful, but you'll find that the client who hired you is always impressed. You should tell them all about these types of details. Bus riding can be a challenge. The detective should always endeavor to secure a seat in backup and on the same side of the bus that the subject sits. Pro tip, don't sit right next to the suspect. That is not one detective distance. Also, don't sit in front of the suspect. You want to always be behind the suspect. That is why shadowing someone is also called tailing. You want to be the tail, not the snout. Snouts get the slip. Use your best judgment when subjects enter large office buildings or department stores, keeping one detective distance away gets more challenging, especially if there are elevators. Ugh. I hate elevators. They are like a birdcage dangling in a mine shaft. I also hate elevators because they make shadowing difficult. It's better to take the stairs and lose them for a little bit than to step into the elevator with them. Which reminds me, don't wear cologne or perfume. The box shouldn't be smell the bloodhound. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think you do. Clothing stores without elevators. Now those are my favorite. But do be prepared to pretend to shop for clothes that clearly are not for you. If this happens, hold up the garment to a nearby stranger and ask if they think this is a good choice for someone else. Also, practice being a mannequin. This 
specify this, but I will. Don't use a flashlight. Shadowing a suspect to a hotel or a motel is different than what you did in the theater. You won't be booking a room near the suspect 
instead. You will need to do the typical car stakeout. Renting a room is too risky because you could fall asleep and not see them leave. That is called the sleepy slip. I know all about that. You could also fall asleep in your car, but lots of spicy beef jerky and coffee should prevent that. Works for me. Most of the time. Subways and railways are another place you may shadow the suspect. This is a prime spot for the suspect to give you the slippy if you got made. Classic trick is that they will step into the rail car through one door, then step off through a different door without you noticing. Bye-bye, sucker. That is called the trip slip. Yep, you are now going on a useless trip due to getting the slip. Your client won't want to hear about any trip slips or sleepy slips, so keep vigilant. Good shadowing is key to being a good detective. I know of a good many cases where in careful and diligent shadowing was the only means by which unsavory folk were caught in the act or caught with the goods on them. Those caught in the act moments are key to ensure convictions and that also boosts your rep and client inquiries. As we detectives often say, a stinker in the clinker leads to more cash in your stash. Now, a stinker who is not in the clinker is called a rogue. And you can find out who these people are pretty easily. Some of the leading private detective agencies and most police departments maintain photographic galleries known as rogues galleries. These are photographs and descriptions of criminals. You can read their criminal histories which show the date and place of any previous arrest the nature of crime committed, the method of operating, and any terms of sentencing. I read those postings like Joe on the subway reads his daily newspaper. Those postings are detective juice. Let's take, for instance, a pickpocket, also known as a dip, or perhaps, think of a burglar, also known as a yeg. If he's been arrested or convicted at any time for one of his crimes, his photograph very likely appears shortly afterwards 
in the rogues galleries throughout the country. This gets reproduced on reward circulars and broadcast over the country or is shown in police and detective magazines published for the purpose. And there I am, reading that rogue circular with a coffee in one hand and a donut in the other. Nom, 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 nom. I'm gonna get you, suckers. A detective like me may then recognize one of those rogues out on the street. I can then shadow him to see where he goes. I may have to tail him for a while to see what new crimes he's up to. We then give the tips to the boys in blue, collect the reward, and whammo, stinker in the clinker, cash in the stash. Every criminal has a distinctive manner of operating, and these distinctive features should be studied by detectives. In poker, they call it a tell. In my work, I call it a smell. Every stinker has a smell, a dirty habit, a way of business. Old habits are hard to break, and I'm there, in the shadows, sniffing them out. Old habits can allow you to nab a criminal without needing to shadow them. Say that a store is burgled, or a pocket is picked, or a safe is cracked. You can put together the smell of the stinker to the details of the crime. It's not always that easy. Sometimes the details of the crime will help you decide who to shadow. For instance, if you heard a certain type of explosive was used to blow open a safe, then you might get sticky with Timmy D&D and shadow him for a bit. And now, as you watch him, Timmy D&D seems to suddenly be spending lots of money. That there is a juicy clue. Timmy D&D may be the stinker in question. Shadow him some more. Note his own base. Then give the tips to the boys in blue. Hopefully you end up collecting a reward. Waymo. Stinker and clinker. Cash in your stash. I was once called on to shadow a young man who lived in an exclusive residential area. I couldn't just hang out on the street in this upscale neighborhood. 
So here is your final lesson. A shadow can hire another shadow. I hired some local kid. I gave him a book to read. Then had him sit under a tree on a lawn not far from the subject's house. Pro tip. Never give a kid a book that you want back. They often get bored and will just doodle all over the pages. One darn kid decided to mash earthworms between the pages of one of my favorite books. Anyway, I call my little shadows spots. Because spots are like little shadows. And more so because they spot things for me. My little spot watched the house and relayed signals to me down the street. The stinker had no idea what my spot was up to. Spot and I gathered info on his comings and goings for two weeks, which helped to match his timeline with the crime timeline. Alright, this is the end of lesson one. How to shadow people and places. Now, don't be trying to use any of the info without getting a real detective license like I got. The world is a dangerous place filled with unsavory characters like that darn kid who smushed worms in one of my favorite books. What a little stick.